0: That's blue Nile.com.
1: yes this is actually a new episode of my good bad brain uh really quick if you like my good bad brain check out patreon.com slash my good bad brain uh donations there help the show come out uh, and hopefully you know more often than it has been um i'm gonna let the theme music play and then we'll chat a little bit hello welcome welcome back traveler it is good to see you again awful all right theme music go Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what. Hi, 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 hi. Uh, so, I mean, this is ADHD. It works so hard. I just haven't done a new episode in like a month. I've been meaning to do this episode. And this episode isn't just a regular old conv- conversation episode like the old episode, like a bad brain, because based on messages I get from people, you know, I've realized they do hold a lot of value too. And even though I might be a little bit, wandering and feeling a little lost sometimes. With, like what I'm doing with this creation and creations in general, just like life, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, the input of other people matters so much, especially the people who listen to this. Um, the part that's truly in my good, bad brain format is that like, I have to leave town. Like now I need to get in the car. I need to be in the car half an hour ago. Probably I have to drive to Las Vegas because I'm going to do a little <laughs> jobby thing, which is cool. um, and uh, funny and strange but I was like I'm just you know that thing when you like have a thing where you're like I can't I know I'm wrong. I have to do the thing I said I was going to do, or it's just going to drag on again. And I have too long a list of those fucking things, and they're bumming me out. And one thing that I knew I could control is like I have this interview with Brent. Brent Coble is somebody I've known for a while, and is just a wonderful person. We're kind—I just think we have some kinship about some things. I've known him through a lot of this new media strangeness. I met him very early on and being exposed to it, and therefore being in my middle younger twenties, and just a lot of personal development. Development times is just always been someone who keeps popping back up in my life, and we collaborate on projects from time to time. He's hired me for things, and I just think he's wonderful. And he's also got ADHD and and depression stuff, and and we bond over that and how we cope with things. And um, man, he's just a great, great person. And, I, and I've recorded with him months and months ago, like before the summer. I've sat on this and just been weird about what am I doing with the podcast? Maybe it was during the summer. I don't know. What am I doing with the podcast? What am I doing myself? Am I doing interviews still? What am I doing? And, you know, just I don't know. There was so much stuff. And so I, I'm here. I am. I got to leave town. I got to go. And I just I can't. I can't let it. I just couldn't let it. Me do nothing. But I was like, here. You know what? You've been getting through this. You've been cleaning. You're know, listening through this episode because you haven't listened to it in a while. You've been working on it for a few days. You keep getting distracted by stuff. Just fucking drop one. Just take a few minutes. You might get in a little later than you intended, but it's gonna be fine. You'll make the things. You'll meet the alley. <laughs> You'll be there. You'll get it. It'll be okay. You'll be okay. Get this thing out. And maybe if I got this thing out, it'll open up the dam and all the other things will start coming out because I have definitely been feeling fairly paralyzed. I you know I don't want I don't want to turn this into a whole brain breather thing. I'm gonna hit y'all with one of those next week, and uh, probably since I haven't done this in a long while, probably there'll be a lot that comes out. So in terms of that thing that I thought to myself, maybe this is what my good bad brain is for in its second season, realizing validation, a community, a feeling that like oh you're not the only crazy person out there, <laughs> and uh, you know it's been nice. It's always fucking nice, man, to hear people who. I've listened to it and be like, oh, damn, it just feels good. It's such a relief to hear somebody else being honest about this shit when everyone else is going around pretending to be people so well and so effectively. And you're just like, how are they fucking doing it? Well, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, anyway, Brent's kind of like that too, but also has managed to like figure out how to walk in the world of the normies and civilians and neurotypicals, I feel like, in a, a really cool, inspiring way. So I talked to him about that a bit and Man, he says this thing, there's just so much in here that just felt like that's so, it's funny that this is all going through my head now. Maybe just the same thing is always going through my head. But this one thing he says about, like, you got to buy into yourself before anyone else will buy into you is so real and so fucking hard to do at times, you know? Um Oh, I could go on and on about that. I started to have some of the old depression brain creeping in today and I was talking to it about things and just feeling so ineffective and so useless and so like, you know, you just start to think of yourself like a Ghost, like a shade, and you're like, I should just keep going that way. So many people do things that are so destructive, thinking that they're not. So many people just turn my stomach and I turn my own stomach. And I was thinking, like, the way that self hatred instantly starts to manifest, the easiest things. I don't like to blame other things, I like to take responsibility for the things that make me upset. When I see other people just blaming things outside of themselves in this helpless way that leaves them helpless, I I feel helpless. I'm like, I want to take responsibility for my bad feelings. I have to get a reason. For it. I'm there must be something wrong with me and there is something wrong with me. And then I can hate that thing instead of hating something externally, which feels wrong. But I have I have you know I have dominion over me. I'm allowed to hate me. And so I hate myself. And the first thing you start hating about yourself is your body, and you just start going, Oh, my fucking body is the worst. All these useless cells, this entropy, and it's so ugly and there's, it's just falling a fucking part and so imperfect, every way it could be imperfect and you just like start spiraling and like, and it's like this, this destructive quality I feel like is because at least I have control over it, it's like self-harming but metaphorically you know, you're just, you have a thing and you're like, at least I'm taking action I'm doing this thing and I don't have to be confused about what hurts and I don't have to be confused about what's fucked up because I'm making it happen, I know I have control over it, you know, that started to happen today and I was just like, I left a voice note on my phone for myself, just getting it out of my head. It was like eight and a half minutes long. I did some work that was on my docket because at least I give my hands, my brain, and my body something to do. I did a little bit of exercise, and now I am going to hit the road, and I'm going to get an audiobook, and I'm going to be relatively on time, and I am going to stop this rambling-ass intro. I am going to tell you thank you for listening to this podcast, for sticking with it when you do, and thank you to Brent Coble, who is such a fucking soul brother being that, um, I don't know, I just I just had a meal with him last week uh talking about just sheer things we talk about near the end of this episode what do you do for no quote-unquote roi you know what do you do just because you love to do it um talking about that? What are our secret dreams? What are the things you want to do? How can we help each other facilitate those? And man, it's so fucking wonderful to have people in your life, friends in your life who are those kind of people. You know what I mean? Where you sit down with each other and you don't just try to like find out what they've got and what you've got and where they're at and compare yourself. You sit down with them and go like, oh... I feel frustrated with things. Do you feel that way too? And they say, yeah, hell yeah, I do. And you say, I wish I want to do something. I don't want to just sit with it. I want to do something with these things. And they're like, me too. And you just go back and forth talking about the things that you want to do, your secret weird dreams, your feeling. He said, you know, you just got to make moves. At some point, we just got to make moves. Otherwise, we're just going to be in the same fucking place we always are and be wondering why it doesn't change. Mm, I don't know it's just that alone just fucking thank God for people like that thank God for people like you out there listening who just let us know we're not alone you know what I mean and not just, let, not just that, not just something that passive, which is kind of not passive, I don't know, I'm not going to put too fine a point on it like I always do, that just make the world a beautiful place, who are trying, who are making moves and want to help you. We want to fucking help each other, not just compare, not just compare to each other, help, do something together, you know? All right. All right. Let's do a little theme music. And then please enjoy this conversation with uh, my dear friend, the wonderful Brent Coble. And I'll see you guys with a brain breather and some, some just fucking, we'll get back in it, man. We'll just do some more good, bad brain stuff. It helps me. Uh, I'm so thankful for the messages that I get that helps other people. It's just wonderful. All right. Thank you. Hydrate, self-care, be well. Bye-bye. I'm going to tell you the Ryan Gosling story. I was going to tell Brent this story. We've just been talking for a while. We've been talking for <laughs> like two, two and a half hours. But that's that's what I'm trying to do with my good bad brain now is focus it up for y'all to be more the point of why we get here, which is kind of the talking and the whatever. And when I started, I definitely had the vision of saying this is going to be one of those three hour Joe Rogan podcasts because that's what I like. I wanted something I didn't expect people to listen to the whole thing. You turn it on, when you did dishes or shit and then turn it off and whatever. Mostly driving in the car. I don't know, just where it's come to. I really think it's at least we ended up retreading so much of it anyway. We talk for two hours, then we get to the six quick cues, and I'd be like, "Well," and like, "Good bad brain" is something <laughs> I'm going to repeat myself, but "Good bad brain" is a thing. Give that, me the mission statement. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a journaly thing anyway. Like I I accept that there's a diary quality to it, and that that's this weird project that you're like, this is what we were talking about for the last couple hours. Is the whole idea of your fractured identity? Which thing am I? How am I is this adding to the narrative of the things? And so I'm um, whenever I do my good brain, I'm like, am I trying to be a host? Am I trying to host a show? Am I trying to be the editor and a host of a radio labby kind of show about mental health? Do I want people to turn in every week and be like, oh, this week Jared's gonna talk about this about mental health and cause it's a mental health podcast? Or do I want it to be a kind of a weird art project that's kind of a diary thing, a kind of a poemy thing? And 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 that question and that thing do, and that I'm where do you place yourself on the vulnerability scale in life
2: yeah or like in this no uh, in life because this is also your life
1: right well that's the where would thing. you place
2: yourself because i think uh, th- this high. podcast is just an exercise in your vulnerability yeah and then thus your ability to get people to be vulnerable for you
1: that's nice and of you to think that, that's the goal you're very good i'm hoping that other people out there like, And this is the nice resonant thing that I feel like it is uh, it is a resonating and echoing thing where, like in the positive sense. We're like, I declare an intention for what this is, a place to just be honest about my weird-ass struggles so other people know that their weird-ass struggles are okay, too, and that we're all just figuring it out.
2: Please keep sharing. It's very helpful for people to hear.
1: And then other people will say that, be like, that was helpful to hear. And then you're like, great, I'm going to keep doing that because it's helpful. That kind of an echo where like, we're co-creating this place to be more possible. And that question... In the the one then when you add in the layers of the business aspects of entertainment and this thing that we do for a living like uh you know whether it's producing or whatever and you have to put this gloss on it and look like a real professional good person some of the people goes like I'm gonna trust that when I give them the money they're gonna have the thing and they're gonna have good communication about it along the way it's like oh I get you get so anxious because you're like well if somebody cools me and listens to this I don't know you know what i mean so let's just keep putting these out there yeah let's i'm gonna this i'm gonna title this one if you googled me listen to this one first. have you ruined a career yet truly like Like my own like from the podcast (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've ruined my career uh fair no i don't think so and i don't think it ever would I, i don't think it ever would i'm honored to be your first I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to do that for you. No, I, I it's, I, well, we were talking about it. There's some people who are good, so good at pretending to be people. I like, I like being like, I'm a professional put together person and this is um, how life is and I've accepted this and I went to these schools and I have this resume and I'm like, I'm not embarrassed. It's a feeling, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, I don't put embarrassing things online. Right. Like, uh, you know, if somebody Googles my Instagram and they're not going to see me working out all my clothes off. And I'm like, I don't even think about it and then I do it. And that's honestly some of my favorite parts of myself now. Do you think that's a problem? No, well I do. I do. And and this is what we were talking about this before is uh, the, the scary thing, the thing that you miss from your youth is the one that doesn't think about anything. That's like I'm so in what I'm doing that I have this idea for a play I wanna do, I want I've this thing I wanna go act, I wanna go chase this girl. Like you just do it. Consequences didn't exist because
2: responsibility didn't either.
1: Right. And then when you grow up and you're like, ooh, it's getting tough. Like I'm not trying to be a piece of shit anymore. I'd like to be more stable for stable. my loved ones. I'd like to whatever. Then you're like, ooh, do I have to start buttoning it up and start like giving an image to everybody that like like I got better and blah blah blah, and and you don't have faith that you did get better, so you need to really fake it hard. Because when do that I have people- to stop
2: wearing jeans and start wearing slacks every day? Oh,
1: yeah, and and what and what is different about the people who choose to do the slacks every day when they're like twenty two? Like right. what's and why do I feel bad about becoming that guy? Right, exactly. I the universal I, not necessarily yes, the me. one. Uh, yeah, that definitely. So that thing of the ego coming in and the fear of how you're going to be. Interpreted and received is like uh, my least favorite parts about me. And also, I feel like is honestly hamstringing yourself. So, coming to the Ryan Gosling story. Oh, God. Yes when I was, I think, I, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but I'm just going to tell it now because you never heard it. I uh, I was in LA. I've been here like 12 or whatever years. And I really love Ryan Gosling. He's like one of those actors. I genuinely am like, fuck, I love his work. I love what he does. And I think I had just watched Lars and the Real Girl, like on DVD. It was like, and and he, um, and he. I was living in Sherman Oaks at the time in the Valley and there's this place. I don't know if it's still there. What,
2: what year is this? What era right. Ryan this Gosling had are to we be
1: in? Two, this had to be like 2010 or 2009. 2009 or 2010, I'm guessing. Yeah. Early. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was a good year for him. Might have been 2008. It might have been, I mean, yeah, I don't know. He was like definitely on top of the world, Ryan Gosling. It was not long after he and Rachel McAdams had broken up or a little while cuz that was still rel- that was still that comes in that came into the story it was like the weird part i always block out but like so here's the story was i'm in the valley i'm living in the valley and i'm just being this person who's out here to act but not really acting having that thing that comes up again where you go like your whole life will come up where you're like how long can you call yourself an artist when you didn't make any art like how how long can you say I'm an actor if you're not acting? That's you such know? a
2: resonant question. I think all of us feel.
1: Exactly. And of you course. can sub in whatever the thing is, the thing that you truly want to be and feel like you should be and want to be doing. And then that is your personal internal identity. And if you didn't go get an actual job in that field, how long without doing it is it before you're not that anymore? And then, right. then, then that essential existential question of, are you who you feel like you are or are you what you do in the world? And the, the real answer seems to be think you are
2: what you believe yourself to be. You
1: do think that? You think you're more heavily that one?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah. to, to me that's the only way you can fully buy into it. I I don't necessarily get uh people saying I am trying to be a writer. Right. Right. Just because you haven't sold anything, like you don't get a card uh, uh, yes. when you sell a script that says you are a writer now. Yeah. Maybe you have dreams of joining the WGA, and right. getting a feature made and then you'll have the prestige to call yourself a writer. Right. You have to buy into it. You have to buy into yourself before other people do.
1: But even what you're describing is those people are actually writing and they, and so like they've done a thing. It's like what they've done is the thing just because it didn't do the thing that looks the way the big wealthy, the one, but you know what I'm saying? As opposed to like, if I just was thinking about writing all the time and never wrote. I'll put it almost more bluntly from a
2: hiring perspective. Yeah. I want to know what you can do for me. Yeah. Specifically.
1: That, that, see, that's fair. That's like totally fucking fair yeah uh so i feel like i was being that guy you're in la not really doing the thing being unsure what you're gonna do how you're gonna find your way into it and then with with the acting it's very weird because you do have to wait for somebody to give you to pick you to do it uh, most of the time unless you start writing your own things making your own things and so i'm out there not sure what the fuck i'm doing auditioning for random shit nothing like particularly good whatever and then uh, one day my girlfriend had to get her nails done Helicopters Dude, fly. Dude, Ryan
2: Gosling heard? Right over telling the story.
1: Up, yeah. <laughs> um, I she went to get her nails done, and I was like, I'm gonna walk down the street. Um, to there's this place, this artisan cheese gallery that was called. They had good sandwiches right there in Studio City. I don't know if they're still there. And I was like, I'm gonna go grab. Did this some- whole event Dick place at an artisan cheese oh, yeah. gallery. Oh, yeah, Lead baby. with that. Well, so I'm at the, so I'm to the artisan and cheese gallery with my girlfriend at the, at the thing. <laughs> and I'm just hanging out. And usually I have a book or something. You know, you have a thing to distract. And just, And I'm just not doing it. I'm just sitting waiting for the sandwich I ordered. And like in walks Ryan Gosling. And it's like in the middle of a weekday in the valley, not around lunchtime really. So like no one else is in there. And it's like me, the people behind the counter and Ryan Gosling. And I know we're all just like, that's fucking Ryan Gosling. There's two patrons it's you and, you it's and Ryan and I like, that's who that's it and there was like some people who worked there and there was like one guy who came in later I think he worked there and like took a break and got, like was super weird uh, but anyway well so I'm sitting at the table I'm waiting for my sandwich and he's just standing over there and then I'm like I finally I'm just like all right, hey man. I was like, I'm gonna feel really stupid if I don't tell you this. I think you're a really great actor. I just, I like you're a man, you're awesome, blah, blah. And he's like, and we're sitting at different tables, right? Oh, of course. Like, and he's like, thanks, man. Thanks. He's like, are you an actor too? And I'm just like, yeah. You know, immediately in that, he's like, cool. And I was like, And he just started talking to me about my life in LA and what I'm doing here. And, and I I was just like, charmed right now. I know. And I was like, I don't know. And it's just so weird. My girlfriend's getting her nails done. I don't know. We're just out here. And it's like weird. And it's this whole thing. If she texts me right now, do I leave? Do I keep talking (laughs) to Ryan? Well, so, because what happened, we were just talking our sandwiches, both came into individually. And then I was like, "Do, do you mind? And he was like, no, no. And so I come on and we're sitting there having lunch with Ryan Gosling now, like talking about like sitting across from with our sandwiches and like, you know, cause we've been chatting and it was like so cool. And this fucking guy I respect and think is cool. And, and, uh, and yeah, and he ended up he gave me really good advice about L.A. in general. I was, about to I was ask, like,
2: I, I I need a breakdown if you remember it. Well, it the, the, the things been a I remember the most
1: are like this one piece of advice where he was like, L.A.'s just you really got to make your own map of L.A. Like it doesn't make itself available to you basically. Like you have to know like this is where I like this thing and there's this other thing. And Because I was saying, I really just didn't like it here and I because I didn't and it was just you know he's like it's like a Disneyland. You got to just like make your own you know, map in your head. It's not all right next to each other. Yeah. And that like, it's not available for you. Like you have to find your favorite places. And, and that, you know, that was actually very good advice because LA really opens up when you start getting to know yourself and settling into like the weirdness of it, the hidden nature of it. But the other thing he said was like, have you heard of John Cassavetes? And I was like, no. And he's like, he's a guy who was an actor and a director in the city. I didn't know anything. And he was like, and he would just make these movies with people in his house. I'd be more interested in something you and your girlfriend like made in your apartment than most of the movies that come out on the big screen these days. And he was just very much, he's telling, he's like, make stuff make stuff believe in what you are and who Great. you are and how I do like, i get it to you it. yeah pretty much and i didn't like, really and then it got weird like this other like weirdo like came and and i think was like uh, he was another young guy but seemed just like something was weird about him it was i don't know maybe he was like that guy just started talking to him maybe i can go and he came in oh and, i'll just and, i'm next in line now he's and he just said stolen out weird about like About like, hey, that Rachel McAdams, huh? She's hot, huh? Or something like weird like that. And it was just so fucking like, oh man, now I feel horrible. I was like, I thought I was having this human moment. And now I was like, I'm you. I'm dog. It was just bad. But the advice stuck with me. Also, you weird. know, the
2: other guy remembers that day just as well as you do.
1: Probably. And he's probably tell- thinks of it the same way I do. Like I had a moment. He, yeah. This- and he, he tells your story. Probably. I ran into uh, Ryan Gosling again when I went to see <laughs> Alien Covenant a long time ago in the middle of the night. And I left, I like, was falling asleep and I left to go pee in the middle of it, like a late show. And I was so surreal. LA, I'm in the arc light at the upstairs you know in in Hollywood and I'm just walking and I'm like see this pr-? I'm like oh that's Ryan Gosling yeah that's it okay and I just says hey man and he like totally didn't know who I was well, and I was yeah. like you don't remember me it's totally fine we had like sandwiches together once at this cheese shop in the valley and he gave me some advice back then that really helped me and uh thanks a lot and he was just like cool all right thanks all right <laughs> that was it When do you get to the point in your life where someone
2: tells you about something you did that is just so menial to you?
1: And then you hear the story later and you're like, you know what? Sounds like me. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that has to happen to him all the time. Like Bill Murray. Like he's just this magic figure. All the time. Isn't that weird? That
2: people's relationship with the desire for fame and celebrity is one of the more disgusting things about uh, this city. Uh, But but. I
1: appreciate his quality, which seemed to be one of accepting that I will be a sort of a mystic figure to some people and I'll do my best to be nice. (laughs) Anyway, that's the Ryan Gosling story. Also, Uh. just I do think weird that I've run into him twice in person in Los Angeles. What would you have done if he did recognize you? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just be like, cool. You want to hang out sometime? He'd be like, oh man. (laughs) I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like. see you again. You never know. Anyway, welcome to my good, bad brain, Brent. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for being here. Uh, so I'll just start with the question, so we get the official kickoff of like, what's your stuff? Is like um, that can that doesn't have to be illnesses or disorders, however you want to think of them, but things that you've been uh, diagnosed with or oh, not. For sure. What's your stuff?
2: Diagnosed, uh, anxiety, depression, and ADHD. Yeah, I always say ADD because it was that when I was a kid. I know, me but too. we changed it at some point, and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it's also
1: <laughs> a terrible name for it.
2: I don't, it's fine. So those, and then, you know, the basics of just like being a human being, your classic imposter syndrome, your crippling self-doubt, uh, sometimes lack of self-awareness or the inverse over self-awareness. Yep. I just got that soup of being a human being. Yeah. It was living.
1: Yeah. When did those, uh, when did you get, like, did you know that you were the 80 thing when you were a kid or depression or anxiety or anything like that? When did you first check out? Doctors,
2: uh, my sister was diagnosed with ADD. Oh yeah. Uh, whenever we were young, and they put her on Ritalin or whatever uh-huh. was prescribed at the time. Older or younger? Uh, older, three years. And she's do- the best. Oof,
1: that's interesting. What did your perception of her like on the medicine and stuff? Or her? Experience uh, I was too young it? to
2: remember. Yeah. Uh, but I they I think they took her off of it because it like was not a positive change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I started like exhibiting signs of that or feeling signs of that when I was younger, yeah. they were like. We're not doing anything about that. Yeah. It didn't work for her. Like, does
1: she take anything for it now? Oh, you don't have to divulge, uh, I guess. But yeah, yeah, she won't mind. Okay.
2: She used to be medicated for it. But, um, you know, I've lived out here now for eight years. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah sure. it, it's a shame to say me no, and no, my no. family don't talk more.
1: No, no, I don't think that's that weird. I'm just curious because I do. I, I read uh, a thing that uh, apparently, like, you if you have a first degree genetic uh, relative who has ADHD, there's like a 50% chance you're going to get it. Um, which is strong, which is powerful. And I just, now that I know, I really did think of it always as like, yeah, hyper kids and didn't understand at all because they don't tell you this, why it's a terrible name for it, all the emotional implications of it, like how that manifests to the ADHD brain. and
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw it in a very real way through her. Uh, And it wasn't until I was much older, um, definitely in my 20s where it like started affecting me I felt like again mm-hmm. felt like I was I got through college pretty easily yeah uh, without like even like hey let's get some of that Adderall and not get some of these papers oh would you do that uh, I mean come on yeah I had ADD and yeah it helped and it helped like crazy and it wasn't my approach was not that uh, gr- creepy drug college no, yeah, student yeah, voice. No. But well, it was the, like, hey man, you know how you guys say whenever you take this and it helps you study and you're like, I'm worried and I'm up all night. And I just like I'm really hyper focused on the one thing. Yeah. Um, that feels like three steps even higher than I think it would get me if I took it. Yeah. And then I got one once and I was like, wait, hold them hold on. Every everything's not like the most interesting thing in the world. And I I can hold my attention on something for more than an hour, an hour and a half. It was like an uncontrollable thing. I think that's why filmmaking was always so fun. Because there's a million different things you're doing all the time. I I can always distract myself with a different problem. But the bad parts of it started coming through whenever I would just jump to different problems to then avoid ones I just didn't want to deal with. And I am still so guilty of this. And they just get pushed further and further down the list. And then it just ends up never happening yeah. or, you know, there's real consequences for that.
1: You said that the when you took the Adderall, you did not get the high all night thing. You were like, it, uh, it was
2: different, right? I mean, that's because I, I have like, a prescription for it now well, yeah. still that right. I take and I sleep. I'm the soundest sleeper. Yeah. I really think that's like I could curl up on this couch right now and you would struggle to get me out of here. But at like 6 a.m. I will pop up.
1: Yeah, that's I I, that's why I just want to reiterate that because it's like that is the weirdness of you take this thing that makes everybody else be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, let's start. We should start a restaurant together, you know, whatever, like Coke. And then you take it and you're like, I feel like a person. And uh, that's very weird. It, does, right. it makes you go, oh, this is a real thing. I remember having a moment and being like, oh, this is how you get things done. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine like what it would be like if your whole life prior to that, you just had dopamine receptors that weren't? <laughs> I remember the first time I took it. That's really I, frustrating. Uh, understanding
2: yeah. it more chemically now. You know, one day there's going to be kids will get scanned and we'll just know everything about yeah. uh, everything about them. Yeah. But
1: to just been like, just fix the one thing. It's just a leaky faucet. It's crazy because it's also, it, yeah, it does correlate to all these... Experiences you have emotionally with like the rejection sensitivity stuff, and just the, the dysthymia that comes from always disappointing people, and being and and feeling like I must be lazy and piece of shit because I'm late all the time, and not understanding like these are all functions that are like traceable and trackable to this thing that you and, have that other people have and fixable. Yeah, they feel most ex- of
2: the issues are yeah. very very fixable.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. And it's really weird. The first time I took in a, 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 a the medication and you know appropriate like night Still don't take a lot of it. it. It's just bizarre to. I know it's freeing, and it's it, it's all the things at once. There's like scary implications to it, like oh my god, am I just the chemicals in my brain? And there's also right. this like other thing about like, hey, you can fix. I also think it was important because I I also think I you got also into, have to like take that shit as
2: prescribed. You have to. It's the people that jump in and are like, I'm gonna do four of them today. Great, and then so yeah. you're gonna ration it off by doing one tomorrow. Yeah. Like honestly, like when people talk about the abuse of it, yeah, it sounds. Fucking awful!
1: Yeah, it's terrible. So
2: take your dosage. Yeah, it makes a big difference. You're like your refills are timed out. And I when took. You start a running ago, out. Yeah, they'll have more
1: for you. Yeah, I took. A, you're gonna be good. Ugh, I fucked it up, man. I was. Um, I checked my a couple of weeks ago. That was like had a horrible. I, I spent a month, the last month before my last psychiatrist appointment, like actually keeping my schedule on it, like taking it when the phone, told me to, and not waiting till I was like going to try to go to bed, like taking my antidepressant that helps me sleep, like at a set time. And oh, what do you know? Emotions become regulated. You get things done. I didn't like peter out and get like all fucking weird and anxious depressed. And it really does make a difference. You know, the other thing about it, um, I, I was also attracted to art and making... Um, Movies or theater or whatever, because of the gig nature of it, because I knew it was going to change all the time. And I remember reading an ADHD book that w- that did make a um a think an important point uh, that's valuable for everybody, no matter what their brain stuff is, which was like recognize that the the powers I guess that you get the the benefits you get from your mind um, have a place in society and work and everything, and that there are there are professions specifically that are very good for somebody who thrives in an environment that is stressful and that has a lot of different factors coming in you, at you at one time and you have a million problems to solve and kind of have to figure out how to navigate all of them. Like that is a very valuable type of person that, that you need for certain things to get done. They cited like first responders and like firemen and things like that. But like they said, you'll end up in like business or in like uh film industry or doctors a lot to like ADHD type people because you're so good in like a, well, you're constantly problem solving. Yeah
2: there's a there's, uh, perpetual motion behind yes. your every day.
1: So that feels normal to you. That feels like a flowy. I think that's something I've had to figure out in my personal relationships a lot was like how not to create the chaos that I feel comfortable in and to figure out like, do I really feel comfortable in it? Uh, Cause it's different, like comfortable, comfortable is different, I guess, than like ideal then or like then where you want to be. You know what I mean? Like I've sat down, I had a thing with myself where I was like, I may feel at most at flow and normal when like my world's on fire and I'm like, hell yeah, this is where I should be. But I don't really like it. And I don't really like creating enough yes. people around me. And I'd like to like actually try peace. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could look at that like, be jealous of
2: future you. That's nice. I do that all the time. I'm like, man, I'm going through it. This is rough right now. But yeah. like, you know, Saturday I get to spend the whole day outside.
1: Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's a really good. And it'll be done.
2: Then I will have finished it.
1: I'll be on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I think I heard a a Chris D'Elia thing one time where he was saying like, if he knows he has to do something on Monday or something like that, it's already done in his mind. He's like, and I just go in with that attitude. It's done already. And then he gets things done. And I was like, that's a really useful tool to be like, a kind of that's that swagger thing, like manufacturing swagger. We were talking before this a little bit about like swagger and and a a feeling yourself kind of quality, a sense of ownership of yourself and what you're doing and belief in yourself is hard to fake. And if you don't feel good all the time, I, you know, if you have brain stuff like some of us do, it's, it's, it's nigh on impossible to fake and it can be really toxic. Like the opposite of it, this part of you that has the opposite of belief in yourself, there's like self-talk that's negative and all this, you know, self-image stuff that you're just there to like cut yourself down all the time Then I don't know the cultivating, cultivating a version of you where you can be like, I'm psyched for me in the future. I feel good, and that like this idea well, of that's swagger an
2: applied and reminded practice. Well, that's good. In though. the moment, you're like, dude. I know, but but, that, <laughs> but
1: but that applied and reminded thing is is dope, and and that yeah, the swagger thing, the ability to like, mm, not fret over every decision, which is a very ADHD thing. This ver- this part of you that's like brain on fire. I'm just in this moment. I can do this. Let's fucking let's do it. I'm performing all the time. I'm in flow. That feels really uncomfortable for a lot of people. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: I think I thrive the most in between um, like tip off and the final buzzer. Like when it's game time. Yes. Let's go. Right, no, nothing can stop me, yes, let's anything that needs to get done, whatever you need, I'll step up. We'll handle it
1: right, well, so on that same thing was so you met some of these medications you've tried. um i let's just add in like what sort of like therapies and and uh, you can kind of because I want to hear more about like what you're one of the things that I want to talk to you about was just Brent is somebody who I've known for a long time, and I've seen you grow. I've seen you go from seeing I, – I try to track in, as stories and experiences of like – like Miles is like this for my friend Miles who's a chef. It's like it's amazing and inspiring I still think to talk to people who have like made it, who are like doing good out in the world with with brains that are maybe are not like the ideal one to go have or that we're feel like isn't the ideal one to go have. So now you work for Nickelodeon and you work for YouTube before and you're like – out there doing these like amazing things in high stress environments with a lot of people to answer to and like a fancy title, all these things. But you did it with like 80 Wow,
2: that's I'm very grateful. And uh, that yeah. means a lot that you say it like that because that is not how it feels.
1: I, I believe you. So that's the question. Talk about, I mean, that's explain the, to that's me. That's my biggest stuff. Yeah. What's like I imposter think, stuff?
2: No, just, and I've, I've only very recently. Been able to recognize that I have a very clear image of who I believe I am. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like seeing different things because of all yeah. of that, just like ugh, drippy gravitational pull from anxiety, self doubt, and just like always wanting more to prove something to no one. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean I feel like I had a bunch of thoughts off of it. And so I don't know which one to settle on. Like I who which one do you think you are? The one that you because you said you think there's this version of you that you feel like, and then everybody else has a different oh, vision yeah. based on like a facet of you they see, let, maybe. Let, How do you like unite all those? A lot of
2: people look at exactly what you just said. I work for a pretty big company right now. I yeah. just spent five years at another very big company. In both cases, I got to like make stuff isn't that the dream you get to make stuff all day right wonderful i mean certainly i'm very grateful for those opportunities everything about them completely shaped who i am but in my head throughout all of it was just this not that i don't deserve it but like just intense unsettlement on why is it not right why is it not more and is that wrong am i like am i moving too slowly there was always doubt and yeah. like almost a paranoia, which is weird and interesting.
1: Like a par-
2: I didn't I just didn't get until I started like. What's was, the paranoia? What do you mean? It was there's always like a little of this. Um, here's an easier way to describe it. Things are going too good. Uh-huh. Don't trust it.
1: Yeah. OK, that's really interesting. I have I used to say I think I had this essential belief that you stand on rugs so they can be pulled out from under you. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Not like, and it might happen. It's like, no, that's why you do it. Right. That's what life is. That's how it works. But having a healthy,
2: cautious nature had always allowed me to, to prepare for things to go wrong. So generally, I've been really good at jumping in and like leading the ship, fixing the problem, making sure no one realized there was a problem mm-hmm. and we're off. Mm. That's like the thing that I feel like I was here to do. Yeah, and I'm pretty good at it. I don't necessarily worry too much about the optics of it, as far as other people. That's good. I'm doing. I'm doing this for like one reason. I love the woman I'm married to, huh. and I want to give her as much as I possibly can. And we're super open with each other. Wow. Uh, I I tell her everything, and people say that,
1: but like you tell her everything.
2: Yeah, that, she's a real deal, man. Wow. Or three year anniversary is Tuesday.
1: Amazing. Yeah, man. We've been We're together. All very happy. Uh, low, yeah. yeah. No, we've
2: known each other. I knew her when she was 18.
1: So you feel like that's like part of it. Like that's a, that's a big, great deal of a f- focus. I don't know. To have that one. I don't know. That's like a guiding anchor to like yourself. For sure. Yeah. It's weird. My uncle says that about my aunt or my aunt that like just wakes up every day. And is like, how can I make her life better? And um, that's really beautiful. I think about that constantly. Yeah.
2: I mean, when she... She's okay with me talking about this. Yeah. She uh, was on Lexapro for a little while and then got off of it. And only just recently, you know, kind of went back in and talked about it and got on some new stuff. And has yeah. been doing spectacular. Yeah. You know, everybody wears the mask, right? Yes. Even I couldn't see what was really going on in there. You got
1: to check in. Do you think if you didn't have her, do you have within yourself? the th- like, like, for me... I struggle with like, I'm like, I don't know. I barely know how to take care of myself. I don't know how to help other people a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid to face a little bit. Like I'm thinking about my own. I was like, I, I love this woman that I'm with and I have my own like, I feel that I wish I was better at that thing. Like I want to take care of this person more. um And this voice sometimes comes up and he's like, you barely take care of yourself. Of course, you're not succeeding at that. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and so, if I feel like almost like, I'm afraid to face that. I can't even, like I might fail that love by not like seeing your limitations and being like, I'm not capable of it yeah, because the only and, way and you're going to fail use is if you don't try to do
2: no, anything about it. True. But that's also, true. Just worry about her first
1: well that's you, it, the question when you do yeah. that
2: the rest of it takes care of itself now don't get me wrong there's still times where you know just like if you're on an airplane like you got to put on your oxygen mask before you help somebody like in the morning get yourself a yeah. cup of coffee get you like some you time mm-hmm. yeah man I, I try to bust my ass for her i don't know and then really everything else i'm like though. it'll take care of itself
1: i know i'm like that's very old-fashioned in a way like this commitment i think to we certainly person. are yeah well, i mean i just feel like we're really told a lot about like what are you doing for you all the time? And it's kind of nice to hear you say that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I've almost feel yeah. like popular psychology would be like, don't live for other people. Oh, wow. No, you got to deal with yourself. You got to do, but no, why? It makes me I don't know. feel good. And yeah. we like, we're
2: adventurous and we support each other. And she was there for me for some very, very rough times. I was there for her through some very, very rough times. Yeah. That's like a bond. We, we're not bonded. We're forged. Mm. We're, we're, yeah. She can't get rid of me. Damn. So I'm thinking, That's giving give me a lot to think about. Uh, we're now, this is so corny. I, look at her every morning and i say i'm grateful and i kiss her every time i walk out of her room yeah and she can't get me to not do that that's really nice so if you have something to drive for like that it changes the whole picture so we've almost been married for three years and then babies come up
1: yeah and i'm like well
2: wait a minute we've never talked about that before Mm mm-hmm and I never really thought much about it. Things are going great. We're, yeah. li- we're living downtown. Yeah. Who's thinking about babies? Right. Uh, But she was. Yeah. And for a long time. And just let's be honest, in this industry, to have oh, a yeah. relationship that's healthy, you really got to put work into it. Oh, yeah. Kids can rip a thing apart and it can, yeah. you can also become a terrible father if you have kids yeah. and you're overworking. You know what the hours are do, for do some of like, this stuff.
1: Do you have any, uh, not any dark so I'm whatever. totally
2: apprehensive about Yeah. It. Well, do you have existential like,
1: fears about it too?
2: Of course. world It unlocked things inside of my, my heart and mind that I didn't even know were debates I was supposed to have with myself. Uh-huh. And, honestly looking at her for one of the first times and being like, I don't have an answer. Yeah. And, you know, my job is to have answers to things. And I was like, I need time. Yeah. And I, I, let's just keep talking about it. So we just checked in a bunch. And then I, I visited my, uh, sister like a month ago. Uh, my parents, and, uh, she has two kids, they're like five and three. And I, they're just like maniacs and yeah. I love them so hard. And I just had like a moment. Yeah. Amidst all of this doubt and all of this uncertainty. And like, I just don't know if I'm ready in career and where all I'm right. at in any real journey. Have I accomplished enough? Do we have enough money? We definitely don't live in the right place. Like, we're going to have to get new cars. How are we going to afford that? I, it did just like a switch flipped. I just knew, like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. How old are you? 30.
1: Well, that's probably part of it too, right? The timing yeah. of it's like... Like, do you feel a difference turning 30? Literally
2: two days ago, I'm just like spiraling and being like, I know what my ultimate goal is. I know what I want to be doing. I turned 30, God forbid. I I missed a uh, make-believe deadline I had in my right. own head for what my accomplishment should be at an arbitrary point in time. Right, And that finish line came and went and i'm for some reason still running the race and now even worse there's people my age who i'm noticing are running it way faster too Mm -hmm. comparison is the motherfucking thief of joy man yeah Yeah. like I, i have i have emotional brain i do not have intellectual brain
1: I can't explain it, man. I don't know. There's some, sometimes I've always been really good at testing. I have a you weird, have a healthy dose of both. I know. It's you, weird. You, you balance it well. But, uh, I can't. I mean,
2: honestly, like if I'm with you I can't and everyone you've had on the show. Yeah. Uh, I, just I, the people I talk mind. the least at that party. I think that's true. I absolutely know that's true.
1: Yeah. But I think that's.
2: And it's hard to do empathy and small talk.
1: Dude, I was having it last night. I haven't been to like a, an event in a while. Like the, you have to schmooze and figure that out, like you're talking about. And uh, yeah, I'm weird. I'm weird. I was like talking to somebody, and they're ta- they're going like, so what do you do? And they talking this thing, and I and I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then and then I just and then I just go, so, what uh, are you excited about? Or I was like, what excites you? I know. And she's like, I was like, ah, it's a weird question. I was going to say like, what excites you about the thing that you just described? But no, just what do you, you know, I don't know. But let's talk about real things. You know what I mean? You're immediately just like, I think you just gotta, like, I just think you just gotta, you you, just gotta be your weird You have the thing
2: where you can walk up to giant table of people you don't know. And within five minutes you're sitting down.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think what's what's bothering me about this, and this is related- I, the No, but I'm I admire that. I do too. I used to feel it more. Now, uh, I feel so much more conscious of like being invasive into people's space, being like uh, fire hosing them, be, being like a straight white guy in America, basically. being like oh, having, for sure. Having no self-awareness about it and- It's true. It's slippery because it's like, it's like, I'm just second guess everything I do now. I just don't want to be invasive. I don't want to, I just want to be that thing. I I see it all the time. I see unchecked other straight white guys in America. And you're just like, damn, you really are the protagonist and you really think that you really don't really believe other people exist and you're doing your thing. And, and I think this is what's a pickle for it is like, I remember being more that way and feeling better because you're not as aware. And you're just kind of living and you feel like you're performing and you feel like people are buying it and liking what you are and the character you're putting on. And you're like, they're liking what I'm doing. You have that confidence about your life. And sometimes the insidious part. that affirmation. Yeah. And some of that is that it's true. You get reinforced. Some people do like it, and then one day it starts to trickle in. One day you start to be like, "Damn, I'm really... What am I? Who do I think yeah. I am? Who do I think it, it, I am?" It
2: always kind of starts with "Who do I think I am?" and "What am I
1: doing?" Yeah, and then I feel like you'll get a word maybe from somebody. Some you, I always just remember the bad things. You just always remember the bad things people say about you, and that sticks. And you go like, "Oh, wait, maybe I'm a real piece of shit. Maybe I'm like real embarrassing. Maybe, you know, what am I? Maybe I should just shut up. I should just go in a corner." And like, I don't know. That's been hard for me. Is a weird uh, losing. That's what we were talking about, and I. Think I think it's interesting to hear what you're talking about is almost in the reverse, almost like you're, you're talking about like something's clicking where you're just like, you know, what's important to you and who's important to you. And that gives you a sense of confidence that gives you like, it's for other people. And you feel like ready, you know, or close to it to do this big thing about uh, being a father. And that's like the, uh, that's like, you're, I don't know. You're like, I, I how do you, I'm, I feel like it's fraying. I'm like starting to lose, I'm forgetting who I am or something like that or sure. changing into someone new or, or something. And you are, it sounds like learning who you are. And maybe, maybe these binary systems aren't even accurate. That like we're all always somewhere in that spectrum. But like, I right, guess yes. just something about like I maybe what we could get out of this and what I'm trying to think about is like, well, how do you uh, how does one <laughs> feel like you are coalescing more than you're fraying? How do you focus at that part of the dialectic? Like, you know what
2: I mean? Well, because I think it doesn't necessarily still feel that everything's coalescing. You're holding it together.
1: 'Cause it does feel like a sense of perspective and choice more than reality. You have like-
2: you have to make the decision to have perspective, which seems weird. But like honestly, like be grateful and mindful. D- dumb hacks work. I have a folder in my Outlook uh just called Positivity. And when anyone sends like a nice note, I get something that like feels good. Wow. I put it in that folder because I had rough days. And it i'm I'm living in that and dealing with a lot of stress so I'm mm-hmm. like here's a reminder that you're good at it here's here's somebody that saw something in you that you've been waiting for people to see
1: so that's your like that's fun that's pretty good you use it you remember to use it
2: yeah you have to
1: yeah that's good because it is a choice it's like the situation's the same it's just like are you believing in yourself and being okay with yourself and encouraging yourself? Or are you like, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes
2: you are just depressed. Yeah, man. I have a lot of, I have a lot of difficulty. Fuck your choice. But you know that that choice is there when you're ready for it. And sometimes you just got to get through your stuff. Both me and Caitlin have depression. She's actually got it uh, worse than I do. And it manifests itself physically. Uh, she can't sleep. She's had migraines. Like I mean, you name it. It's been like just trying to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, and then got help, got medicated. Yeah. Calmed that down a little bit, and it's not physically tensing her out and causing the symptoms to get even exponentially worse because of it. Yeah. It's a real thing, and it's a real unavoidable, uncontrollable thing. Mm-hmm. We were worried, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, like we were worried that her hormone levels were off because she had an IUD in and we took her IUD out and you need to give it time for your hormones once you remove the birth control mm-hmm. to balance back out before you can start having kids. Hmm. And when you take the IUD out, you get something called a marina crash and it manifests itself and really... Interesting and unpleasant ways. And It's a pretty common thing, and it's like kind of scary stuff. The yeah. list is pretty gnarly. And it's from like
1: hormone levels, figuring out. Where yeah,
2: because I mean, it could be natural that you just basically took something that was regulating your hormone levels for so long and consistently, and set a new base zero. Yeah, and you just yanked it out. Yeah. So she went and got blood tests done, uh, urinalysis, anything that they could test to check hormone levels, to check blood mm. count, whatever. We got done. Everything came back normal. There's no hormone spike. They're exactly where they should be. Yeah. Everything's healthy. We think you should see a psychiatrist. Wow. And it was the depression manifesting all of that stuff. Yeah. That is unavoidable. That is not a like stand up in the morning, say I'm grateful and then walk out of the room and life is, you know, peaches. But that's real as is just waking up in the morning and not going, son of a bitch, what is it? Tuesday.
1: Yeah, yeah. Trying to feel good about it. Yeah. I'm trying to do that more. It's hard sometimes to keep that positivity. I try to think of it as like a sense memory thing. Like, I almost sort of like, I think that's the toughest thing. I've said this on here before, that like, I think just being able to imagine the possibility of being better means you're getting better, means you're going to be better. I love that. And that when you're depressed, like it's trying to figure out how to imagine or remember what it felt like. To not feel that way is um, weirdly hard. Yeah. And I think that's like the insidious nature of it. So totally. I think I, I like that like thinking this about writing word, like writing things down in general, like it really is a magical spell in the sense that like, it's very bizarre that if you're in like, let's say it's ancient times they like, just invented writing like a few years ago or something like that. How crazy is it to think that you'll be going along in your life now and then you'll find an old thing and you'll pull it out. And it'll have something written on it, and all of a sudden you can remember all this stuff that happened that you didn't know until you read those words. And it really—it's literally like a secret magical phrase you've—you've you've looked at. You've all you've done is look at scratches on a page, and they unlocked a whole bunch of life that you didn't hold. Like, and, wait a minute! Like, if these things are in the right order, yeah, like there's something truly and like magical and enchanting about that. Like the sh- uh, some shapes we drew somewhere is going to give you a whole experience and knowledge that you didn't have moments before. Like that's, that's magical in a weird way. And, um, so I think it's like actually a very practical physical thing to keep, to collect these tokens of things that made you feel good, because I kind of think you can hack sometimes when you're really deep in it. Sometimes, sometimes you can hack yourself back by like, it's like you trick your body that, uh, you read something that was from a time when you did feel good and you start to go like, oh, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's writing is mind control. You just want to be able to hack what people are feeling when they're reading it, yeah, or watching it. Yeah, it's super powerful yeah. and very—it's mystic and woo woo. Yeah, but I like your. I, I don't like, understand. That's it. why I
1: think your little, your little, your folder of positivity is like such a. Well, you just—you just have to have
2: stuff like that. Like, yeah, the world just sucks. Don't get it twisted.
1: Talked to somebody about it last night, and they were like, "I don't know what you do about the need for greed." And I was like, "Fuck, that's the realest shit." Yeah, I don't know
2: either. I mean i I don't know if we can keep this in depending on when this comes out. But like, I I like almost died last year, and I'm in a lawsuit with the guy who did it.
1: Yeah, that sucks. It sucks. So it's been bad. a
2: year and a half. Yeah, that's Fucking and that bloody. has been a time, a financial, an emotional toll, and that just hangs over. Unless and it does that doesn't go away. Yeah, it's still on the to do list. I'm still shuffling it around trying to figure out how to put it off. <laughs> yeah. Dude, geez. life will just pile on, man. It doesn't yeah. slow down for you. It just needs stuff from you.
1: Yeah. What's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Oh, shit. That's the third question. That is the
2: third question. It was really pretty in uh, downtown today. It rained. Yeah. And there's just like fog over the, Isn't
1: it the best? buildings.
2: It was really beautiful. Rain in LA. Um, You've been taking beautiful yeah, photos like downtown. That. Oh, thanks, man.
1: That's all. Just put them online.
2: I, didn't, I need to take more. Our Witness phones are card. our phones are very good. I feel weird about like yeah. taking pictures on my phone and like trying to present them as like I, I made art.
1: They're really good. Yeah, I didn't know you were making those on your phone. I thought you were just like going around with your camera.
2: Oh no, those are all my. Those are all on my phone. Crazy. Those are hip shots. They're as I'm walking and as they're walking.
1: Oh. That's really crazy. I didn't know that.
2: Uh, I've met a few people while doing it. Certainly like stopped and like struck up conversations to like try to get a better shot and then asked. Yeah. Um, Those have been really interesting interactions. Yeah. But no, most of them are just like Like, living downtown for the last year has been one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. Yeah. It has truly transformed the way I think we uh, look down, not at just like the tremendously oh, terrible homeless population yeah. down there, but on a lot of really rough stuff. Yes. This is ignored. This is forgotten about kind of like what else is to it's
1: been a really well, this, transformative th- year, just like I think mm. my soul grew. That downtown thing is actually, and, and when we say that, down, L.A. Uh, for everybody is like a really intense homelessness situation going on. A lot of uh, the current homelessness crisis is very focused there, and there is it's because it, Beverly Hills and other places they hide away the people that they don't want to think about. Downtown is the disparity is really intense and immediate, and a lot of people who are. Uh, you know of like sort of not on the on the parts of our society that are ignored that are not on the fringes don't end up going downtown very often and it's lately been seeing a lot more like development and gentrification down there and so you, you can be in LA a lot of the time and almost never go downtown and never think about it so totally. yeah. you're talking about this experience that you've had now of like if you're living downtown you're really in the middle you're of it in it hard yeah. And, and different, just I swear to, I think it's different than New York. It's way different, di- way different than Chicago, any other city. Nothing really has what LA has, we,
2: which is like, we live about three blocks away from Skid Row. Yeah. It's, you're in it.
1: And Skid Row is a term everybody I mean, hears mean, You're not a lot.
2: experiencing the same thing, but yeah. if you don't have empathy walking down the street right. every day and feel something super real, I yeah. don't know.
1: There's a lot of fucking people on this planet. Yeah. And it's weird, which is part of the difficulty. I think, and trying to cope and trying to like comprehend it. Um, what's the Oh, actually, so I beautiful. fucked it up. It's what's cheese? What's something cheesy you find inspiring? Would you kind of set a little bit in some cute ways? I think. Oh, yeah. Wife, I but. mean, like,
2: love is an easy answer. That's just cute. Yeah. Um, but I also like, I'm the guy who like cries while watching The Bachelorette. Uh huh. But if they really love each other, and if they don't, <laughs> we're savage. Like I also I don't get why Hannah B is the Bachelorette. It doesn't make much sense at all. There wasn't really a better choice. I'm not dying on that hill. Yeah, I don't um, know
1: anything about. I live that, in a totally bad. different world than you. <laughs> Yeah, Bachelor, Bachelorette has always been something. I get it now. I mean, I get it. I get it on a fundamental level of like part of me that likes bread and circuses stuff and like human, that obsession with human stuff and drama. And that I love is why that. it's
2: interesting yeah. and, and and why shows
1: like Bachelor. Okay, hold on. You should watch a full season of Bachelor
2: in Paradise because it's the best edited, unscripted all right. show yeah. ever. All right. The editing in that show is uh, both clever,
1: suggestive, Yeah, and it's, it's just downright naughty, Jared. Love it. Bachelor in Paradise? Bachelor in Paradise. All right. Uh, what's um, So, what's the dark, something dark about you? You want to throw something in there?
2: Uh, yeah, Disney paid me uh, $36,000 to plug Bachelor in Paradise wow. here on my wow. good, bad brain. That's
1: a little dark, but also so, I'm annoyed
2: because. Well, it's only weird because I work for Nickelodeon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> give me some of that Disney hey, money. Wow.
2: What the mouse wants, the mouse gets. What
1: the mouse wants. Yeah, that's very true. They own her whole childhood now.
2: So. Um, no, what for real? Something dark? I got a. Uh, this is just weird. What's the darkest thing? I got a. I accidentally minored in criminology in college because oh, yeah? I took it as like an elective, and they were like, uh-huh. "If you take one more class, yeah, you'll like have enough credits." Cool. Uh, and in the course of that, I had an advanced criminalistics class that was taught by a previous. Um, he was an FBI agent. Yeah. First day of class, he got the big lecture hall. It's like three hundred seats. Yeah. And it was like it's a fucking dope class, advanced yeah. criminalistics. This dude's like, yeah. like teach me about Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter, man. That's why people do it. Yeah. Uh, he said, "Are oh, the real class takes place upstairs? It holds fifty people. I expect about forty to be here after today." And you're like, this is either going to be a really, really, really hard class or we have no idea what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And for the first two hours while he was uh, lecturing, he just showed from cases that he was a part of crime scene photos, really brutal stuff, Ooh. videos of uh, people being murdered from surveillance, cameras, uh, autopsy reports, yeah. full photo. Fo- like he was just passing stuff out like this is just what it what this is. Uh-huh. And if you can't do this right now, what we're going to be talking about is like some real, real stuff because yeah. you have to intimately see and know all these things and get past the shock factor of it e- because you're here to figure out what happened, not right. here to go like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And he wasn't wrong. I think there's like 30 of us at the end of it. Yeah, but uh, like my main curiosity for doing it was like I was in film school. That's my major. So I was like,
1: what is that like? I'm so like, really like yeah, like,
2: like learning a whole nother thing about this. Maybe I'll put it in a movie one oh, yeah. day. Yeah. No, but I totally yeah, I was, was really fascinating.
1: I liked that Kind of stuff
2: that later led to horror movies and
1: all no, that. that is interesting though to me. I don't know. I I, I think about all the time the places where we as a society have like gotten comfortable putting our dark parts and the parts that we don't and the parts are to me like as long as I think you know it's well, the unconscious pursuit sometimes of them without realizing what it is. I don't think it's uh, weird at all that there's like an attraction um to death and violence that lives in us. I think it's like yeah, literally we're, we're either conditioned
2: to look away or to investigate
1: i do feel like i don't know i'm a big mix of both i i've i've gone out of my way to not see fucked up shit you know to be like where i've been like i, no, I, I don't even like to go to the up, dark recesses of the internet yeah, no, I don't but do like that. i don't do that but yeah. you know what i mean i don't you mean that that's a different context being in a class and stuff
2: but just that it took that class of professionalism out like that's what they expected It was like showing up uh, if you're trying out for a football team and they're like, we're going to run 20 back and forth.
1: Right. I never never played
2: football. Is that a thing? A back and forth? I don't know. They're going to run 20 of them in this scenario. Get started. Whistle. Like, that's what it took to make that team. Right. So this is what it took to make it on his team
1: to be able to deal with that. And I was like,
2: yeah, up. cool. Fuck yeah. This is I awesome. Feel
1: like, I wonder if that's an ADD thing a little bit. Honestly. I don't know. They do
2: the final exam for that class. If we, you, you don't have to use any of this, uh-huh. but it's just interesting. In our uh classroom, you came in, you had like scheduled blocks of when you could come take the class or take your final exam rather. You walk in and there's a crime scene. There's a, a dead body. Oh my God. And a murder weapon or what is displayed as if it could be the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. Can you figure out how this person was killed? Wow. And you had like I don't know, 35 minutes. Yeah. That was like a little escape room.
1: Yeah. That's kind of cool. It sounds really fun, actually. It
2: was the, the fucking best final you could ever yeah. have. Yeah. And Did it was you like, it out? yeah, there was like a lead pipe underneath the sink. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was hooked up underneath the drain. So they had actually put the U pipe back on the drain. So you had to take that off and pull that thing oh, out. Oh, wow. Dude, it was amazing.
1: That's amazing. Fuck, that's crazy. Anyway,
2: total tangent. Yeah. But like, I get yeah, that, though. That I, it's
1: like, I feel like, though, well, I just don't like seeing people get hurt. I still kind of avoid that. But I do watch like that nature as metal thing a lot. Animals eating each other and stuff all the time.
2: Or like uh, gruesome like basketball injuries.
1: That stuff sucks for me.
2: I mean the yeah like, like the, the Gordon Hayward uh, one. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Yes, it's um, hard. I can't do it, and I'm not even like curious to watch it.
1: Yeah, so that's what's interesting to me
2: is like you. Well, it's it's not in that context. It's just like right. I don't know. Yeah, really, it's not like,
1: titillating. It's just like fascinating in a weird way.
2: Or just being like resigned to the fact that that's reality for some people. Yes. And maybe that was an opportunity to also be grateful to not be the person who has to do that every day. Well, there's
1: that, uh, I think Werner, I was associated Werner Herzog with it by him saying, we must not look away. And I don't know if that's like from a thing, but like as a principle, like if you, if there's something terrible that exists, you can't just go like, I don't want to look at that. That's not part of my life that like what you just said, your honor. It's like, there's a reality to this horrible thing. of yeah, that Somebody must, else had to, we must not
2: look away. Well, I, can, can I skipped
1: over. So last gorgeous thing you saw then was, uh, the downtown, which is lovely. Yeah, downtown. Oh, um, and then, uh, go to los mission.org.
2: Yeah. If you want to learn more, los it. mission.org, yeah. los right. angeles mission.org.
1: What's your, uh, what add to the, don't kill yourself list. Uh, Ooh, that's a good
2: question. Um, does it have to be a physical object
1: or can it be like a little more I mean, anything. esoteric? Anything. I mean, I've I've always like bent it towards physical, you know, things I that are. But no, people say stuff all the time like that are, that are I'll article. give you. Uh, Just
2: what's on your list. Well, definitely uh, n- new thick socks. Oh, yeah. Like a new pair of like not dress socks.
1: I know what you mean. Not
2: like a breathable athletic sock, but like a nice yeah. thick sock. Oh, yeah. Putting that right on your dick. It's just <laughs> an incredible feeling right out of the package. Yeah, you fucked me up with that one. Um, I, so I, I love I was with that. you
1: because I actually feel that way about socks. And but then, I've never done it on my day. On your what? On my day. On my... Moving on.
2: Uh, and the smell of <laughs> campfire oh, when yeah. the weather starts getting colder.
1: <sighs> That's a fucking good one. Yeah, that should have a word. You know, petrichor is like the sound of the earth after what rain. What did you
2: just say? In petricor,
1: have you heard of petrichor? It comes from the words Petra and Ikor, And Petra is like means stone and the earth, and Ikor is like Ikor, the 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 fluid that uh, flows as blood would, but in the body of gods. Is, this is like ichor? a music genre. You never heard of that yeah. It's like it's very like Lovecrafty, Icarus. You know, uh, it always sounds slimy, but it's what it is. It's it's it, it's the blood of gods. It's like what what flows in god veins is ichor, and so petricor is like the god, the divine blood of the earth, and it's that smell. That is after it rains, a fresh Ooh. rain, and that smell after the rain's done raining, and the earth just there's like that smell, they like ozonated air and and the ion exchange and whatever on the earth. And the other thing is that, that there's, smell there's a, is called petrichor. Petrichor, and they they say it's uh, they think it might have to do with. I did a poem about it. I learned all this, but like uh, geosmin is this like compound that's basically the mix of what soil is. Is like has something called geosmin that like is released into the air after a rain, and that is what they think like petrichor is. But so they should have a smell like that for campfires when it gets cold, because that is a specific smell. That's the best. It's like a smell smell that it hits you different because it's so crisp out. It's like the first
2: one where the inside of your nose starts to feel like ooh yeah ooh we're doing this now
1: we're doing this now. Um, thank you. That's the type. That's good. Bad rain now. Joe, thank you for having me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh,
2: they just, really just let nice. me hang out.
1: It can, hey, there's a lot of... Th- I don't know. I'm going to think about a lot of stuff you said. I'm going to think a lot about this idea of like, the, I don't know, you have a kind of like,
2: hey, hey can I be honest with you? Focus about you something. You want to look
1: at me? Yeah.
2: I, I would do this without microphones.
1: I know I would too. That's why I just started doing it, which is, I thought about this the other day. This, this is a fucked up thing a little bit that like all of us are trained now to turn every part of our life into business. Like, Oh, like I was thinking a oh, year or yeah, so ago. I dude. was like, I should start Twitch streaming because maybe there'll be like revenue there. Games. I like playing video games. It Why seems not? Seems like a pretty a passive activity. Maybe put ad dollars on, and you have exchange. Like, and I have so much fun. with My brothers, and my friends, that's being goofballs when we play video games. That I'm like, this is funny. We you should fucking. Be streaming this? How do we monetize it, dude? And the pressure is real if to create original content. We just get the right backing, I swear. Well, is, no. I think part of the illness of our new media thing, and I don't want to get on a whole thing about it. No, I will just say to close at the
2: last. Well, thought, yeah. I'm a I'm a big fan and proponent uh, recently of no ROI hobbies. Yes, I hate that I have to label right. hobbies, but something that literally gets you nothing other than you uh, uh, enjoy the uh, process.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's part of my whole. We've like,
2: lost that in dude. such a big way. It's a struggle for me to stay on top of it. I have a half finished project all over. All the time. That's fine. But I like love jumping into a new thing and doing it. And you know, Caitlin asked me, like, "What what is that for? What are you building in there? I was like, oh, I don't know. I just kind of had an idea and yeah. maybe thought if I came in here and winged it, it would be, you know what?
1: I will I show know, you some of stuff. the dumb shit I've, like, so fun. edited together for no reason for a joke in the group chat. <laughs> you know what 100%. I mean? 100%. No, but I, I, I think, I just want to stick on that for a second because I think a lot of us feel this thing, like... I am grateful for my experience with the YouTube and new media and falling into that and the way we met and my music and all these acting things because there are a lot of beautiful aspects to it of like, just fucking do it. The thing that Gosling said about just go shoot, so just do it. It's like, damn, you really can. But seeing so many friends who were so successful financially and professionally because they were good at it and they did fall into that thing being like a vlog person or whatever has
2: fucked me up. Hey, we should do... Son of a bitch. Yeah, we should do a whole another well, one just about YouTube. I know,
1: but... Could I do an anonymous one? We should one? just do a pod about YouTube. We should yeah. just do like a thing about like the whole digital revolution that if happened. If we could
2: do... If you could do one with an anonymous guest.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll yeah. let you know. We'll always wear vocoders. No one... Will, who, who could it be? <laughs> Don't you think that... I just think... I do, I am constantly like, what's my brand on the Instagram? What should I be putting oh. out? I should do this thing. I should, and I really do, I gotta make it more of a business. I see the other people succeed. I what's should do your this.
2: relationship do, with the term influencer?
1: Oh, it's terrible. It's ridiculous. It's awful. It's awful. They don't have any influence. It doesn't make any sense. But like, just sticking on this thing for a second is like, I don't even make money at it. Like on that stuff. Yeah, like it doesn't. And I tell myself, well, maybe I would, or it's part of work or something. And you have to feed the machine and you don't. And anything I've made in my life that is good has been one of two things, either truly impulsive and just like a thing. I got to get out and do it. Or it's been something that I worked on that, like we worked on and crafted and did. And when it was done, here it is. Not like just a constant grind of like, do something for today, do something for today, they need something today. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah,
2: you're thinking instead of feeling.
1: Yeah, like, and, and just kind of like trying to like, I do think, put a price tag on it. Be like, well, if it's work, it means you show up, you do it every day. Right,
2: you you have an expectation of what it's supposed to be right? and what how you think you're supposed to fit that. Yeah. But when you get out of your own way and stop thinking about it and it's the times where you are just impulsive and you're like, no, I'm not going to get in my way this time and you just go do it and that's the most fun you had and you look back on it more fondly because you were having a good time. You remember the ones that you were like a pain in the ass. Yeah, sometimes they're like, yeah, and that came out all right. But if you're just going, you believed in it, like you're literally telling your truth in that moment Mm -hmm. because you stopped what you were doing to go do it impulsively. Yeah. If you wait on the impulse, you give yourself time to question it. And yeah. that is something I recognize is a very real thing in m- me. Yeah, and I—that's a huge struggle, but also like. And or you, everybody, for sure. There's also everybody, I think, of this For sure. Point. I think people
1: who like That's, don't have any kind of entertainment presence or professional thing like, have this thing in their pocket and feel like they got to feed it. I should put a picture online yeah. today. Maybe I should do it today. I don't know. Did do people like it? How many people like it? Do they like it as much as the last one? What am I doing wrong? Well, everybody also
2: has completely different expectations for what their life is going to be. I have people that I knew when I was 10 who are assistant managers at Home Depot, but have the two-story house in Texas with the four kids and the pool and the golf course. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the, like dope. Yeah. Yeah. Living in a 900 square foot place in downtown is sacrifice. Yeah. So I think, but it doesn't
1: feel like it right when you're the thing. Cause you're like, you're doing the thing though. I was thinking about this the other day. But again,
2: it, it never feels like you're doing sure, the thing. It, exactly. it never feels like you're doing the thing. It will
1: later when you're looking back. And Honestly, you're like
2: the you thing. telling me that I'm like, Oh, he's being really nice. Because that's just not how I see that. I know. But I feel the same way. I feel the same way. To me, way. it's like, no, I came in here to make movies. I need to like uh, write write a script, get a feature made. That's the dream. Any tangent off of that is either going to be a distraction or something that like hopefully will at least get me in the same atmosphere
1: as what I want to do so I can learn more about what happens around it. Well, that's, I think, the thing is like, believe in your fucking self for real. Keep reinforcing those narratives. And then, like... Never forget, like, build the stepping stones. Take the steps you would have to take to end up where you want to be. And that doesn't mean just do the thing now. Expect that you should be able to do it now. There are barriers and there's dedication, but, like, I don't know. There's something like whether it's something you planned and worked on the project and did it or is impulsive and you put it out. Neither of those is I did it because I had to do something today. I needed to feed the thing. Both of the things we're describing is it's coming from an authentic place. And authenticity doesn't have to be impulsive. It can also be something that's like determined and, and worked for. Well, of course. Yeah. No, I'm not making
2: the case for impulsiveness. I think I'm making the case for the recognition of whatever you're trying to say is. Yes. People oftentimes say like you know you just didn't get what i was trying to say okay great tell me all right uh my theme is love um love is not a theme that's a word it's an emotion at best yeah love cannot describe what a movie is like what's the theme of the notebook love no it's not it's love conquers all regardless. Mm-hmm. So when you have those moments where you feel impulsive and you're like, I got it. And that's how I feel because that's like the honest truth of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's the quote theme of whatever it is you're doing. I think that's get true. rid of the word theme because it feels academic. Now, whenever I outline and so I don't do a theme, mm-hmm. you just, what are you trying to say? Yeah, what are you trying to say is much more because I, there's a really excellent thing that I found recently called invisible ink. By this guy named, I believe, Brian McDonald. Mm -hmm. There's like lecture series of it on YouTube, but also if you just Google invisible ink, Brian McDonald, uh, a PDF comes up and it's like 190 pages. It's this dude's book and he wrote on screenwriting structure. I mean, listen, I've done Joseph Campbell, Save the Cat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, any like story circles, you know, like anything that's ever talked about how to structure a story. I've looked at it in a very like formulaic way first I need my opening scene okay so it's like act right. 1 and then we got a break okay and then that's supposed to be 12 pages and in those 12 pages I introduce my main character yeah. I introduce a conflict like almost trying to approach it mathematically right and what reading this invisible ink thing did was unlocked the emotional truth behind it and instead of coming up with ideas that are just like you know Star Wars wasn't written maybe the like pop of the idea and the environment was like space Knights. Right. But if the story every scene in that movie doesn't support
1: the theme of space battle. Right. You know what I think is interesting though is and I think this is this is the the connection between impulse and uh and, and like figured out dedicated thing. Sometimes you'll get the impulse about space battle and I think the best of us, the best we can be is when we go like, I know I fucking got to do something about of space. Because sometimes I get a thing where I'm like, a vision pops in your head. Like, I got to make something with that. And I, I heard that, uh, I heard Guillermo del Toro say that um, the robot fighting movie, Pacific Rim, the first thing about that movie was the red shoe thing. Like the kids yeah. shoes, you know? So to me, like, you it was, sometimes, so, sometimes it's an image, a character, yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, and that can be like, okay, well, what, why is space battle important? And then when space battle to you is you're like, well, I don't know, because it's somewhere fucking far away. That's not like this. Right? And there's like okay. an adventure there. Great. And it's so what's in the stars. In and it means like life is written in the stars and there's fate. And, that, and then you get a hero's journey out of it. You get like, like, I think you can decode like Beautiful. almost like a dream. What's the impulse of the first image yes. of the thing? And, and you can
2: do that with any story that's like good. I, at, and I think yeah. the
1: best of the things that I've ever put online with comedy or things or silly things, or whatever, the best of them are something that like. I don't know why I did it, is what you first say. And then you go thinking about it. You go, like, yes, I do. I know exactly mo- yes. why I did it. And you it can- was
2: all to support what I was really trying to say because yeah. for some reason being creative sometimes feels sneaky and maybe I can trick people into listening to how I feel.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think so. And then, and then you can decode what you are experiencing and receiving and then how that informs what you want to say in the, in the thing that you're trying to say. And everything
2: you do yeah. needs to support that thing you're yeah. trying to say in, like, and reading train? that he calls it an armature it's just that's like cool. it, it, it's free online you should check it out uh, I will. Um, what's called it, shadow uh invisible ink. Oh, invisible ink like if you can like go to a library print it out i put it in a binder and i've just like been going through and underlining things yeah perhaps a little manic in that regard but like wow that was inspirational but then realizing oh he's planting a lot of different stuff that's helpful that's why a yeah. character would exist that's why you have to have a scene when a story yeah. starts telling you what it should be because everything is supporting yeah. that foundation. Yeah, that's when it gets fun.
1: I agree. I think I tend to think of my characters like very much in like archetypes now, even if they're unconscious. And I think like when you look in, I, that's why I like my Neil Gaiman books a lot. Is like his characters all feel like folktale characters. They feel like members of some pantheon somewhere. It's sometimes quite literally like in the American Gods or whatever. But but to me like Comedia or what, there's like these uh, tarot cards, basically when I'm fucking writing anything, I'm kind of like, I feel like everybody's some version of a tarot card. Yeah. And they're these hard like, archetype. Yeah. They're like shared dream visions that we all have that we can recognize that are repeated among cultures, among things. There's like all these, these things that just speak to you. Well,
2: there's a reason why ever since we've learned how to communicate,
1: we've told stories. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, because, well, and I think it comes down to like the stuff we were talking about when I'm, when you're struggling with a sense of yourself and an instinctive story you once had, like, how do you just tell a new narrative? And that was to me like your positive notes thing was like a way to keep bringing yourself back to a narrative of yourself, which is one that's important to you. And seems related to me to your thing about like, I know I love my love. Yeah, man. So you can just- like return to it. Anyway, I'm gonna stop recording now. Thanks for listening to my good bad brain. Listen
2: forever. Listen forever.
1: Ha! That, that, that was an abrupt ending, but that's the end of this week's interview, um, Mike of my good bad brain. If you like my good bad brain, if you get something out of it, which I really hope you do, check out patreon.com/slash/mygoodbadbrain and consider tossing a buck or two that way. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll try not to go so long between episodes. It helps me, uh, at least. And I get nice messages from y'all, so... (sighs)
0: Self-care. Hi, Drake. You well. Thank you. Bye. Planning for your next trip?